All right, everyone. Welcome back to Ball, Ball, and Gold. It's November 15th, the day we're recording it. College football season has taken shape, and I would like to start this podcast off with a verbal meme. It's the astronaut out in space looking at Earth from afar. And he asked the question, was it always Georgia and Alabama? <laughs> it always was. And then, and then there's the other astronaut behind him pointing a gun. Always has been. <laughs> See, maybe we can include that. Maybe we include that meme in the yeah, episode post this week. This is why we go cold opens. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for art like that. I mean, it has it always been Georgia and Alabama. Like they'll meet. But it was always yeah, Georgia. Very impressive. It was always Georgia. Um, I think the question marks around Bama were valid. But they mm-hmm. they turned back into Bama again, um, and I know I, think, I know we're going to talk about it, but like it's it's the big dogs up top. I think any questions we had around Georgia were probably valid as well. Like I don't again, these teams look a lot better, but I think we'd all be in agreement that this is not the best iteration of either of these teams that we've seen in the last. Sure five, six years, right? Like, so like, sure. again, they're good and they belong where they're, where they are. And they're going to meet in the SEC championship game. It's been locked up already, but I I wouldn't fault anybody for any skepticism they may have had over the first seven, eight weeks. I thought both teams looked very, looked very fallible. So uh, yeah, it was always them, but don't blame anybody for thinking otherwise early on. Looking back on it, all the top top teams have up to this point kind of had cake schedules. Yeah, like Georgia biggest wins are Kentucky and Ole Miss. Yeah, and then yeah, and Bama. They played Tennessee. No, they play this week. That's, this week. Yeah, that's the big one. Uh, Michigan. Nobody in the Big Ten has played anybody. Ohio State played us, and we turned out to be cake. Yeah. Um, the Pac-12 is not who we thought they were. Like Oregon State is not who we thought they were. Washington State not who we thought they were, um, and then the Big Twelve is tapered off as well. So, like, are we are we that surprised that it's everybody looking back on it that it's it's who we thought it was going to be at the end here? No, but it was fun to talk about for a little bit. It's always fun it to see fun. new blood and seeing a team like Florida State. You know, when Clemson's down, Oregon. coming out of the ACC, Oregon as well. You know, they've played really well of late. But yeah, I mean, you look at Georgia and Alabama, like the talent that they have recruited is starting to show. Like yeah. Jalen Milrose starting to look like a really, really good football player. And generally, Tommy Reese has done a great job as the season has progressed. Um, yeah, we, uh, I think that the thing that's going to be tough to swallow overall, I kind of said this last week, was. I feel like the door was open again because both of these teams looked fallible. However, it also seemed like nobody is interested in jumping through it. Maybe Oregon is, but I think Washington looks gettable. I think Florida State looks gettable. Like it's just it, it's there were so many teams that we thought would be able would be ready to jump through that door and 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 take advantage of of a down of a year where. Michigan and Ohio State and Georgia and Alabama and Georgia and Alabama looked beatable and nobody has. Nobody has. Nobody's come close. Except, except Oregon. But. There's still a lot of ball to be played. Like yes. we always think as at this point, we've had two playoff rankings. Three? Two or three? Three, believe. Three. Um it's still like there's a there's a lot that has to shake out. Um should I read this this scenario to you and get your guys' thoughts? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, Ian, you said you you mentioned to this, you mentioned this to us on Monday. It's now Wednesday evening, and I still don't have an answer. But I'm, yeah, we should dude, do it. I've 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 thought this through a lot, and I don't have the answer either. But here's the hypothetical, and what I think is probably the absolute nightmare for the committee, the yeah. scenario for the playoffs. You get a 13 and 0 Big Ten champ, Ohio State or Michigan wins out. I think we can all probably agree that the loser of that is out. The loser of Ohio State, Michigan, is not going to make the playoff. You get 13-0 FSU, so you have two teams in there. And you have two spots for the following teams. 12-1 conference champion Oregon. 12-1 conference champion Texas. 12-1 conference champion Bama. 12-1 non-conference champion Georgia. 
12 and one non-conference champion Washington. So I think George is out via the, the conference championship. We the can non, eliminate the that. non-champs are out. Yeah. yeah. So Georgia, Washington, both fall out. And, and that that's just where it gets sticky and like Oregon, Texas, know, or Bama. And like so Texas has a head to head over Bama. Yeah, but but Bama has the better loss. I, I like I know that sounds ridiculous, <laughs> but that's been a really big metric. And I heard the cover three guys say that. Like Bama, yeah, Texas has Texas has the head to head. However, they Bama objectively has a better loss. I'd rather yeah, lose Texas and than Bama lose lost on the road. Texas lost in a in neutral a site. In a neutral was, was it? Yeah, damn. I mean, like as much as I like, I think it will. These teams are going to have to put up style points. Oregon comes out throat punches Washington rather than struggles. It makes a difference. Alabama throttles Georgia. But then again, these teams could struggle and maybe like. I, I don't know. It gets tough because you know Michigan slash Ohio State's still going to be sitting there right around five. I wouldn't say they're out. Actually, no. If Ohio State's the team that loses, I think they have a better claim than Michigan does. Yes. If our win was like if Notre Dame was also <laughs> sitting there with one loss, but with three losses, like that win's discredited now. It, it's really the, fun. The, the Big Ten, and big I ten champs done. Yeah, I, I kind of do too. Big, I think the the non-conference champs have no shot. I I think where the committee currently has Washington ranked at five, Pac-12 would miss out. And I, they, there's just and who's going to advocate for the Pac-12? Who in the room is advocating for the Pac-12? There, certainly not Oregon State and Washington State. Certainly <laughs> not Oregon State and Washington. Like like who is the Pac-12 at that point? Can I can I can I say something that might, it might be a little controversial because that's what we do on this podcast? Uh, what if that means I don't, I don't think this would be the final answer. Like I don't think this is what the committee did, would decide. But I'll go out and say that the Big Ten champ, SEC champ Alabama, Pac-12 champ Oregon, and Big 12 champ Texas are the four deserving teams, and Florida State shouldn't get it. Yeah, like I, don't like, know. I guess something because we said I think. Hey, going undefeated, right? And I think the committee would pick them, and I don't think that'll be the outcome. But like the, to me, the four best teams in that scenario, those are the four. Florida State, not not so much. No, I agree. I agree with that. There's I'm no slightly higher State on Florida be... State than you guys. Why though? Pitch, pitch that to me. LSU, That's... and there's something to be said. You know, they've played teams of around. You know, I I would probably put whoever they play in the ACC title game, plus LSU, right around two wins over. Or like a win over Oklahoma, and like Oklahoma and LSU are essentially the same team, and they didn't fuck up. I, I think you know it's one of those things where like they can play really high or really low, and when they're good, they're really fucking good. It's just like they're not on all the time. Yeah, but they they are not on all the time, and they look so gettable if they're not on. Like they're not good enough. They're not sound enough to be off. And like make a pitch as the best one of the best teams in the country. I think the difference there between me and you, Dono, is like you're higher on LSU than I am. Like, I don't think the LSU win holds up. LSU's defense is bottom half of power of, of FBS, honestly. And they're, they're Jaden Daniels and the offense wasn't cooking like they are now. Like that was week one. That that win doesn't hold up for me. That ACC win is also that ACC win is gonna be Louisville. And yeah. I don't – yeah, they beat Notre Dame, and they should scream about that to the cows come home. It's a massive win for them. I'm not trying to discredit it, but I don't think they're that good of a football team, man. Like, they yeah, got they smoked. Struggled. We played awful. They they got smoked by Pitt and should have lost to Virginia last yep. Thursday. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't think that that ACC win, no matter who you play at this point, is going to be something worth fighting for or, or – but. Yeah, be a quality of a win. If they win fifty-six to three against Louisville, yeah, yeah. that matters. I don't see. I don't. I personally don't see that playing out like that. But I, I, if it happens, I completely agree. I think thirteen. Though they're in. I think you're right. I'm just saying that I think. I just think the four best teams in that scenario would not be inclusive of Florida State. I yeah, winning's hard. Reality of the situation as far as they would get it. You're right. You're right. Winning is hard, but it gets a lot easier when you don't have to like mentally 
bring your 100% every week. Like when you can take your foot off the gas a little bit and still get by, and they've almost got got. Like you forget the BC game. BC got like, tight too. Clemson was, Clemson was easily could have lost to Clemson. This is like this is getting away from hypothetical because I think thirteen and zero gets them in, no doubt. If you're thirteen and zero and you're a Power Five champ, you're gonna get in. Don't even worry about that. Everything will take care of itself. The issue yeah. the committee will have is if the one loss teams come in and win the conference championships. Mm-hmm. I, I think then you're Bama, just picking the better conference. You're just I, I think conference. Bama probably is the highest of the one loss teams. Mm-hmm. If we had to pick one of them, if they beat Georgia, then Georgia, yeah, I think their, res- their resume is going to stink. Mm-hmm. They're not getting it. Mm-mm. So, Nor should they. I mean, I, I, I do think they'd be still top four team in the country. Yeah. And if that happens, like, Bama should be like the two. Yeah. Like, jump all the way up. It'll it's just matter fun. who's wearing white. I kind of hope it happens. Yeah, I, 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 that's a, it. Doesn't really matter, but I kind of hope it happens. This this situation plays out, and it'll be kind of fun, not having to worry about our team getting screwed. I, I'd rather be in this situation. I'd rather be in the mix, but I'm not. I'm okay with this happening because I really won't care what happens. Yeah, this, this is a year. If Notre Dame was sitting at one loss, every like with everyone coming down to the conference championship, conference it would have mattered this year. They wouldn't have put a one loss Notre Dame team. No matter what, mm-hmm. Louisville, Ohio State, even if the loss came to Clemson, like we wouldn't get in. That's because shit hasn't hit the fan yet. Yeah, I, mean, I don't. I'm what, 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 when's it gonna happen? A man named Taulia Tagavailoa oh, takes boy. down the Wolverines. They, I, they are That'd having be the, That would be the coolest thing ever if that happened. I don't think it will. Yeah, I mean, like they're talking about like how Penn State's still like a good win, like. That's a result of the Big Ten just being fucking awful. Penn State, <laughs> like Michigan played like a 1948 football team, especially in the second half, and beat them. No single pass attempts. That's insane. They just got bullied. Yeah. I, I will say also that like Penn State's definitely the third best team in the third best team in the Big Ten. Like no doubt about it. And I still think they're really bad. Like they're not, they're not that good. The defense is good. I, I don't, I don't see. I don't think Penn State's that dissimilar from Notre Dame. Agreed, agreed. Which we could see them potentially, right? Yeah, uh, I think Penn State's going to hang on for New Year's Six, probably. But um, yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess we could. Uh, I, I, I honestly, on a neutral field, I would feel pretty decent. About Notre Dame's it's, chance. It's a good matchup for us. It'd be, we get it'd to be 14. an awful football game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, race, the, race, the race to 14 points. Yeah. I mean, great slate last weekend. Not a lot of great football games. First half of Alabama LSU before Jane Daniels got crushed. But, like, it was a lot of fun watching them shoot out. That was two weeks Georgia, ago. Georgia, that was two weeks ago. I'm an idiot. I'm thinking of Georgia Ole Miss. Georgia Ole Miss was close for a little bit, and then Georgia hit the death plow snowball Georgia that we. I heard. I heard a stat today that I think it was seventy nine percent of Georgia's possessions end up in the like get to the red zone. (laughs) That's that must be so nice. It's nuts. Seventy nine percent get to the red zone. Gee, I agree with you. A lot of these games were. Uh, underwhelming and did not deliver the way that I'd hoped they were they would. However, Washington and Utah far exceeded my expectations. That was a really mm-hmm. fun game to watch. I was I was on a coach bus to New Jersey to coach lacrosse this this weekend, and that was the only game I watched in the three thirty slate, and I was worth watching every second. Yeah, I'm mad at that. Miami played hard. Yeah, again, Florida State. I'm going back to Florida State. Like, they were up by, like, 20 – I actually don't even know if they end up getting up by that much. They were up by 10. Miami hung around the whole time. They were tied to, They were tied at 10 going into the half. Sleb, I think we're yeah. toting the same rock right now. We are toting the same rock. The Wilson. Um, but uh, that Washington-Utah game was great. I, I do feel bad for Washington because they did the Notre Dame thing. Where I'm sorry for Utah, they did the Notre Dame thing where they completely they completely stalled just like we did against Clemson. It was Washington kept turning the ball back over to them, 
with chances to move the ball up the field and no dice, nothing was happening. It was like watching the fourth quarter of the Nerdian Clemson game all, all over again. It was a bad movie. Yeah, and should have covered too. Washington should have. Washington should have covered, the, yeah. The dude on the pick six dropping the ball at like the two. It wasn't even like, it wasn't close. <laughs> That was some special stuff. <laughs> that guy, he was he was a good six feet from the end zone. Ian, Ian, I don't, Ian, I don't think you had eyes on. I did not have eyes, and you guys were freaking out. Now you guys went like, "Are you kidding me? God damn it, that sucks!" Oh my god, it's not even close. What an idiot! And I was like, "What just happened?" And then I sent him the screenshot I found on Twitter, and he, Ian, he hit me with the capital ha ha ha. I mean, it wasn't even. And the look on the guy's face is crazy. Like how yeah. how do you still make that mistake, especially against Utah? Utah they get away with it. That. Yeah, yeah. It's also that that uh thirty five twenty eight is is a bit of a misleading. I guess the thirty five for Washington is a misleading score. That was not five touchdowns. That was that was a disaster. Field goals and safeties and occasional yeah. touchdowns. Yep. Slap fest. What one more game just to shout out the maybe my favorite team to watch in the country this year is the Missouri Tigers. Oh yeah, I was just about to say they're fun. Man. Yeah. Yeah. The throttled Tennessee. Eli Drinkwitz is the man. Did you see what he said? Uh, <laughs> what he said. Stand on business. <laughs> he didn't even say like good game to Josh Hype or anything. He just runs up to him and goes, We stand on business, Josh. And then walked <laughs> and ran away. <laughs> That's it. It's a crazy thing to say. I'd be so mad if I was that simple. <laughs> yeah. Humiliated uh, by bottom feeder. It's really cool that, like, from Missouri, like, they have an unbelievable running back. They have a quarterback who's playing really well, a homegrown kid, and then uh, Luther, too, Luther Burden. Like, they got they got, a, they got a dude at receiver, they got a dude at quarterback, and they got a dude at running back. That's pretty fun. I, I wish they picked off LSU because, you know, like, yeah. you know, obviously they lost to Georgia, but that would be a fun team to watch in the New Year's Six game. And they still might make it, right? Yeah. Where are they sitting? They're going to be the third SEC team, I think. Yeah. That's They'll tough. be in the three slot for the SEC. But still fun. Yeah. And then elsewhere, the coaching carousel has started to turn. And my God, do I want to be in Jimbo Fisher's shoes right now? Oh my God. <laughs> Dude, getting it's paid it's depressing. $76.8 million to relax. I, uh, I saw a fun one, and I think this is like this is an overblown thing, uh, but I think it's worth reading anyway because it's pretty hilarious. So, Jimbo Fisher will make until 3031, he'll make $26,000 a day. Roughly a thousand dollars, a little more than a thousand dollars an hour, and if he gets a good night's rest, he'll be at eighty six hundred dollars for, for just sleeping. Yeah. That's like if he gets another job, he still gets that whole bag, right? Yeah, it's yeah, no, no strings attached. That's his bag. Yeah, and so my question is, and them obviously throws a lot of money at coaches. Gets a lot. Is it a good job to have? Yeah. So. All all the respectable college football people say it really is. I just think there's a lot of nuances that come with it um, in terms of boosters, in terms of tradition, in terms of just managing expectations and managing the money that's going to be thrown at you. But what I've conceived is that, yeah, it's like top five, six job in all of college football. So my thing is, since we've been born, they've won 10 games twice. Twice. One with Johnny, and then, like, one other time. That's it. Like, mallet. I don't know, like, what, what makes it hard to win down there, whether it's the boosters or just, like, you know, they're in the SEC West. Like, you, you got Bam LSU every single year to – jobs if we're talking jobs that are equal if not higher who can get as many if not probably more dudes because we saw that the nil approach for them kind of backfired a little bit you get a bunch of players that you know high rankings but don't mesh together 
bunch of athletes with you know, the system that's not working. I don't necessarily think it was the coach. I mean, Elko was there for a bit and you know, they still won. I think he's a really good football coach. It's just like, it's perplexing to me. And I get the appeal because you essentially have unlimited resources, but you're still in college station. There's just some, I'm excited to go there because I don't know if a weirder place exists in the college football mm -hmm. country than college station, Texas. Yeah, it is. It's going to be odd. Um, not bad for us, to be honest, for them to just kind of reset before we play them next year. Um, yeah, I was, th I was thinking about that. I was like, would you rather have Jimbo there or have him be fired? I, I think they're going to lose so much of the talent that he brought in. That no, I'd love to get that. I'd love to get that kid, the receiver. The receiver. Yeah. It'd be yeah. nice. I just think of like what makes a good job and you need money, you need facilities, you need the backing of the boosters and you need a passionate fan base. And they have all of that location. I too. think. Location and really talent good. pool, talent pool. Like they have all of that. I think you mentioned the guys that didn't mesh. Like they just looked at a ranking and looked at a like a physical body and said, like, yeah, come to this team. Like they had no identity. They just were mm -hmm. throwing money around. But I, I think that's on Jimbo. Mm -hmm. I think Jimbo did a terrible job leading that program. And if you read about the stuff that happened at Florida State, like Jameis Winston made Jimbo. Mm -hmm. Jameis Winston made yep. Jimbo. Like I, you could easily sit down and say Jimbo Fisher's a bad football coach, and I'll hear you out. Yeah, they've hired made good hires. I also, I'm also starting to wonder if, like, yes, all of those things play a role, right? Like location plays a role, booster support plays a role, uh, availability resource plays a role. But I, I wonder if the like the biggest factor is just the guy that you get in there. Yeah, I'm thinking like, like, it's, it's obviously Kirby and Nick Saban, but. There's a part of me that thinks Dan Lanning would be super successful no matter where he went, right? He's he's just he's just a guy. Like he, I think he's going to be an elite level coach. Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe this is lightning in a bottle. But like, I'm wondering if there's just some of these jobs, whether it be uh, whether it be A&M, whether it be Florida, you know, if you just if you don't have the right guy, you're never going to go through your glass ceiling. Where was Dan Lanning born? Kansas City, like he's north of the Mason Dixon. I don't know if that works. I, I mean, in terms of you know the like structure of a program, like it, remove everything else. Oregon's very similar. Unlimited pool of money to throw out recruits. Right. It's just, can you build a culture? Can you get guys in there to buy in? And he obviously has at Oregon. So mm -hmm. I think you know he's probably a top candidate on the board for them. And then you fall down to like the Elkos. I'm surprised they haven't heard Drinkwitz. I know it's you know another SEC team, but we've seen that happen a million times. Like he'll get paid way more at A and M. I think Drinkwitz would be pretty pretty good. Out yeah. There. But um, Hugh Freeze, like he's an ass, but like he's gonna run a program. He's not gonna leave Auburn cares, probably. Place only cares about winning. Yeah. Yeah. And so they won't care about his past. It is kind of like we're. It's all the. It's all the same names. I think if they're serious about this, like if they're they're serious, they'll take they'll take a serious look and not just go for a home run big name. Like I think the boosters will want that, but I think if the athletic director is serious about like improving the situation, they'd look at a guy like Jeff Trailer. Mm -hmm. um, they'd look at a guy like Lance Leipold, and I don't know if Leipold would leave. I, I genuinely don't think he would. But like I, you got to kick the tires on those guys because they are program builders. Imagine if you put a program builder in a place with unlimited resources, like yeah. not just a fancy name who you know who's good at calling plays. Yeah, I think I, I see Leipold being adverse to that because I feel like he's a guy who likes to have a lot. Like A and M, I think one of the issues they have is the boosters slash outside parties want to get way too involved in the program. Like what Saban did at Bat Bama, he's like, give me the money and back off and trust me and that's that's why he's won a and m's like that's a lot of personalities to manage that's how they've always done things it'll be hard to do and you know without a guy who has a track record even jimbo wasn't able to do it and i mean similar to saban at alabama saban only had one title before going to bama jimbo had a title and then you know could handle it not jimbo not as good as a football coach as nick saban but it's interesting and coaching carousel just starting this spin so i think if i'm an ad like you try to look at what wrong with Jimbo. He still recruited best that anybody had recruited in the last five years, right? Like they had best recruiting class of all time. He just couldn't adapt on field. Yeah. Like I think you try to get a guy that 
has shown an ability to adapt to modern football on the field. Like, yeah, like Jimbo did a fine job in the nil era, like getting guys, but like he hired who was the OC? It was uh, the old Louisville guy. Yeah. Oh, um, whatever his name was, Bobby Petrino. Yeah. Petrino. Like, like you can't just hire your like good old boy friends that don't understand modern offense. Like Connor Wegman was lost out there. And Connor Wegman, I think, is a good quarterback. I, I yeah. Do, I, I do think he is. Um, one thing. transfer. Is he? Is no, he I'm, I'm joking. Right I don't know. That, that that would be hilarious, just for my personal. Enjoy. <laughs> Andrew would hate that. Um, what do you guys think about uh, what do you guys think about Mark Stoops? Like, is he a name that you would consider? Ooh, I like that. Again, I, I think he's, he's essentially of, tapped out his ceiling at Kentucky. Right, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And like, what if you again, somebody who's tapped out their ceiling at Kentucky, pretty good program builder, does really well in the portal. Um, what if you got he's another guy who I think is like a great great coach, just doesn't always have all the resources that some of the great coaches have? Like, I don't know, maybe that's a name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think all these names, and we're talking about AM because it's really the only open position right now. I don't see UCLA really pulling a marquee guy. I know they'll have the Big Ten money, but you know, when you're that's little brother in your own city, I, I don't, the UCLA firing doesn't make sense to me. I think it's less, I think it's less about play on the field and more about him not meshing with the administration and the athletic department. It's gotta be. Cause, I like, think Chip Kelly is a piece. I think he's, he's gotta be a piece of work as a head coach, man. Yeah, he probably is. He's a piece of work for like a sideline interview. Yeah, exactly. Like he's just. Is Donna, you said it. Like, I just want to clarify. I don't care what A&M does other than the ripple yeah. effect it has. Like I'm actually, <laughs> I love when they suffer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because. There might be a job opening up pretty close to South Bend in uh, Ann Arbor. I think State's going to open too. I think I think they'll be they oh, both yeah. might be looking for a coach this year. State does not like that whole athletic department is in shambles. Like I don't think it holds the weight that it did five years ago, like when D'Antoni left. Okay, I I don't disagree. Uh, they had this debate on Cover Three, and I was just curious what you guys thought. What's the better job, UCLA or Michigan State? I'd say influx of a lot more money for UCLA. You're in LA. Your little brother in your own state slash city, but it's like that cancels each other out. Same conference now, same theoretical opportunities, I'd say UCLA. Yeah, I'd say actually UCLA, like no doubt. I think you're you're – Going to the Big Ten makes your recruiting a lot easier. Your pitch is a lot easier. I think the only thing about UCLA is, like, academically, it's probably barely. Like, I don't I mean, it's probably harder to get into. I don't know how the football. I, don't, I think it's probably, probably fine. It's not Notre Dame. I, I, that was my initial reaction as well. And then Chip brought up a good point, which is, what do you like I think actually I think the money is going to be very similar between Michigan State and UCLA, just given the new Big Ten contract. Like, I think they're all going to be playing on a fairly level playing field. But like, what about your ability to attract staff members, like to build a staff in each of these schools? Like, frankly, I, frankly, these guys like don't, cost of living. Yeah, like cost, like cost of living, being able to live, like proximity to like. How many of these guys? And this is I'm, I'm this is stolen valor. Like I'm pulling this right from them. But they were talking about like how many of these guys can actually live in Westwood, versus how many of these guys can actually live in East Lansing. That's on you, you know? as a coach, though. Like if you're going to UCLA, you got to make sure that your guys are going to get taken care of, which is easier said than done. Yeah, I agree. But I just don't know. I don't know. I don't, I'm not guar- I don't know if that would be guaranteed. Like I think you obviously take care of your OC and DC, but like. That yeah. feels like a it feels like that scale gets lower quickly as you yeah. go down the position coaching board. Uh, honestly, in, in terms of the support staff beyond you know head coach OC DC, I, I think it really depends on the head guy they bring in. Is it a big name or is it someone who's up and coming that a lot of young people want to learn from? I mean, yeah. for so many of these younger guys, position coaches, even offensive analysts that become your position coaches and have a huge hand in the day-to-day practices and development of your players. Those guys are the bread and butter of a lot of the really successful football teams in the country. And those guys choose a lot of jobs because of the people they learn from up top. Say like, oh, 
I worked for, you know, Saban at Bama, for Kirby at Georgia, for guys in the NFL. I mean, hell, Tommy Reese went to Alabama to learn from Nick Saban. He was, you know, South Bend the last 10 years, couldn't have picked a more Notre Dame guy. He, like, I think ultimately the reason he left one, I don't want to live in South Bend for 10 years, maybe change the scenery, but also you get to learn from Nick Saban and coach the best players in the country. And the best players in the country is one thing. UCLA, Michigan State, similar talent levels. But if you want to learn from a top guy, it, it really depends on the head man. That's the most important hire with regards to everyone else. They'll figure out a way. There's ways programs probably spend money on that, but, you know, on-campus housing, quote-unquote, for grad assistance or something like that. It's a good question. I just think the bottom line is, like, I just – just would not want to be going into that Michigan State athletic program right now. I think like you. Right. I think you'd have a long way up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to talk. Now, now you're you're no better than fourth in your division, or I guess yeah, the divisions I, aren't going to matter. But the little brother thing also matters. Like Michigan is rolling right now. Mm-hmm. Ohio State's rolling right now. USC, there's a little turmoil. Maybe Lincoln leaves, and like you have the opportunity to become the big brother pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, I I want I want to talk Michigan. I think Harbaugh's gone. I I would be gone if I was Harbaugh. So much bullshit. Is this it? it Is are are uh, are Corum and McCarthy juniors or seniors? I think Corum's gone because I think he came back. He was supposed to go. He could have gone last year. McCarthy, I think, could go as well. Yeah, because he's Buckner's age, so he could go. He definitely could go. He also, has, I think he has a choice, but he's gonna go. He's gonna go. I mean that that that'll be probably the biggest domino in the coaching carousel if Harbaugh decides to move on from Michigan. I, I don't even look, like that place. Just pisses me off to high hell right now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, do do you think he's gonna move? It has to be for an NFL job, though, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. He he just wants which, to coach football. Like there's been one, so much bullshit outside you, of football. What do you think is going to open that he would take? Yeah, so Chargers could open, and he gets Herbert. Bears could open. He could come back home to Chicago. Tampa could open. Tampa would you take the open. Would you take the Bears job right now for Michigan? Honestly, no. You got the if you got Caleb. <laughs> if you got the number one pick. No, the Giants got one. Uh, we can keep that too. All right. Right. It's crazy though. It's just crazy. Like we started talking a and M, but now we're talking about like <laughs> the coaching carousel gets crazy. It just goes like throughout football. Oh, it yeah. does. Yeah. How about Dan Campbell going in? Going to A&M? Did, what the, <laughs> the that, was dumbest, that was the dumbest report I've ever heard. I hate that. I mean, we might have our own, you know, smaller scale position because fan base has, I think, completely turned our heads on Jared Parker. Yeah, Dumb he's hire losing, to start with. Like he he's losing me faster every every day, quicker and quicker every day. He's losing me. Go ahead, go ahead, Tom. Okay, so earlier this week during so it was Tuesday, I think the coordinators get interviewed. They do their pressers after practice, and said and he and Parker was asked about only running two play action passes against Clemson. Uh, and he discussed the fact that the, te- that the Tigers run a uh, play man-heavy defense. Quote, there's no eye conflict, and if I'm guarding Pete, a.k.a. Pete Sampson, I'm guarding Pete. So he was just saying that, like, it. They the reason they didn't run play action was because he doesn't think it works against man because people's eyes aren't necessarily in the backfield that, that they're on their man. However – 538 put out an article. Uh, this is now dating back a few years, so things could have changed, uh, but I don't think they will have, um, saying that play-action passes are actually more effective against men than they are against zone. Basically <laughs> exactly debunking Parker's feelings on running play-action versus a man versus a zone. Now, D, you played a little bit of defense um, in your day, and yeah. maybe you could speak to this from the defensive side of the ball, but the way I would see it um, – the way I would see it, the idea that to me, like I think play action would work better against man because you you're like you're able to draw the backers and the safeties' eyes to the backfield, which leaves you one on one over the top or one on one to the sideline. 
Yeah, or, it doesn't matter what the quarterbacks are doing. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. The, the way he phrased it, he leaves out a lot of nuance. One, he's acting like every single person on the defense, the entire back seven is locked up man-to-man. Seven guys, only five guys can go out for a route. Like, the, you're automatically just discounting two people who have their eyes in the backfield who are reading and reacting. Two, like, I, I played safety. You know, when you're off the ball, unless, unless you are press man face-to-face with a guy, you always have a little bit of – you have to. You have to have a sense of what the hell's going on in the backfield. And, like, even if it's a split second, these are D1 high-level athletes where a split second matters. You get a step and you get open. Like, these, especially safeties and, like, tight ends who are, you know, playing seven, eight yards off the ball, especially when so many offenses are running RPOs and stuff, you have to be able, as a defensive player, to read and react quickly because if it's a run, you're not just going to let them run them and get seven, eight, nine yards, get to the second level every single time. It, it was a stupid quote because your eyes are in the backfield. Like, are you staring back there, reading, reacting every single play? No, but there's a part of you that has to be able to take in multiple points of emphasis at once. Do you think that's the real reason? Do you think he had another BS? I, I think it was it, it was BS, but I think he's just a yeah. shit play caller. Yeah. He's like, oh, man, we probably, probably should have. Yeah, his I'm management sure. of game flow is his management of game flow is just Atrocious. he just doesn't feel it. Like I think, like there, there's no feel. Uh, the other thing is, I'm just starting to think that he's never played a sport before in his life. Like I'm just thinking about when we, like, if three of us went and played pickup hoops. We had we were in a three on three. You know how much of a disservice I'd be doing if I just stuck to my man and didn't look at the rest of the court. Dude, I'm getting blown by every time. I need I need help. Yeah, I need help, and we need to help each other. Like that's that's a ridiculous thing to say. Uh, D, I agree. I think he's got no feel, for, zero feel for the game flow. Um, I think as Notre Dame is an offensive staff, I don't know who's in charge of the rotations. Like I don't think it's McCullough, but not getting seven the ball more than it was two or three times he had he got touched the ball in the second half. Yeah, man, that's bad. That that's real bad. And and then you look at these other teams who play in these tight games who feed their running backs 25, 30, 35 carries. Joe Ma- uh, Jeff Maffa, or no, what's his? What's... Phil Maffa. Joe Maffa? Phil. Phil, Phil Maffa. Phil Maffa is one, like an example. Uh, what's the kid The kid from Oklahoma State? Is it Schrader? That's a yeah, quarter. No, 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 Sh- Schrader's the running back. He carried, for th- he carried 35 times against Tennessee. Like, you lean on your best guys. Brooks carried for 21 times against TCU, right? I know he got hurt, but, like, Bucky yeah. Irving, 19 carries. Like, well, I just don't – Quorum, 26 carries. Like, I just don't understand why estimate so, can only take 12, 10 to 12 carries a game. So part of it has to do with the fact that he can't extend drives. When you're running three p- plays a drive and you set yourself up with second and nine – because everyone in the world knows when you line up with two tight ends tight and fucking Davis Sherwood in the background backfield that you're going to run the ball. So they blitz, we get second and nine, now you're in passing downs. And when you can't execute on those and extend drives, you're just naturally going to have fewer plays to run to get the ball to the best offensive player on your entire team. So, yeah, it's one, the play calling, two, just like even in those situations, you have to execute some of them, get a fresh set of downs, reset a little bit, make the offense or defense respect you. It's so predictable. To your point, D, I think that like I think we're a dead giveaway probably 85 to 90% of the time. We're a dead giveaway with whether we're going to run the ball or pass the ball based on the formation we come out in. Like, I don't know. I can't really – I don't really know how many times we've come out in, like, in, uh, in like, with a four-wide receiver set and tried to run, like, an inside zone or an outside zone out of a five-man front and a running back, right? Like, I just – and I, I actually – I think we have receivers who are willing to block on the perimeter. I don't think they're very good at catching the football or creating separation, but, like, I think that Fiazon's willing to block. I think Jaden Thomas is willing to block. I think – uh, Tobias Merriweather is willing to block. Like I think these guys are showing a willingness to block in the perimeter. I just don't. But every time we run the ball, we want to bring in both tight ends and run something tight. Yep. All this to say that they, this isn't going to be an issue against Wake or Stanford, but this is all things that Freeman has to take a look at 
and make a decision in the offseason. Again, this and that comes down to Freeman. Like Freeman, like sorry to say, but like at a certain point, your ass is on the line. You have to you have to do what's best for the program. And what's best for the program is pretty clearly taking the sticks away from Gerard Parker. Yeah, he he has an obligation as the person, the president, the athletic director, the board of trustees trusted with this program that makes the university millions and millions of dollars every year. And you can't die on this Jared Parker Hill. Now, I know no one loved Al Golden last year, but he wasn't horrible. And also, Al Golden is a guy who is has a long background of doing it at the highest level. He's been a head coach. Jared Parker was a position coach at West Virginia. Mm-hmm. There, there is nothing in his background that says he's going to figure it out. Yeah, to to me, to me, if he, if if Freeman doesn't make a change and if he doesn't want to do it until after the Stanford game, that's fine. Yeah, but to me, if Freeman doesn't make a change, I'm going to have a lot. I'm going to have a lot more trouble taking this whole process very seriously, like taking his tenure seriously, because uh, if you're not. It sucks. It's, it's he's a young he's a young coach. He's in his second year as a, as a as a head coach, and it may be a little bit unfair, but I, at some point the fans' eyes aren't lying to them, right? You could say all these things about hey we're not executing. Hey, maybe we're not, but I, I know on a bunch of other teams who don't have the talent that we do, who have no problem scheming guys open, making it basically impossible for their offenses to fail. The way that we can we failed drive after drive after drive against Louisville, against Clemson, against Duke, like it, it's it, we're not like we're not lying to ourselves anymore. He's just not he's, he can't be the guy. We even made USC look average. Yeah, and, and and some of these some of these crooked numbers that we've that we've put up have been skewed by defensive and special teams touchdowns, man. Like or field positioning. Or, field or, like, or yeah, getting or, to or the one, position. right? Getting to the one on a pick on a, on an interception, right? Like so do pick sixes, punt return, kick return, taking it back inside the ten on a on a or inside the five on a on an interception. Like, yeah, it, it hasn't it hasn't been it hasn't been good. And and what was really troubling was not only did we not score against Clemson, but our inability to leave our end of the field was mm-hmm. alarmingly bad. I. Even I felt if we could just flip the field, if we could just get it up to the forty and push push them back inside their own ten at some point, we'd be in a really really good shot spot to win the game. And we couldn't leave we couldn't leave our own backyard. It was so difficult. Yep. <sighs> so who's who's under center next year? I knew Whoa. I was hoping you'd ask. Um, seen a lot of Riley Leonard chat, Cam Rising. My answer right now would be none of the above, and I think it's a surprise from somewhere we're not expecting. Did it? So did, I, Michael, I did the Michael Pratt chatter just die? Like, is Michael Pratt gonna stay at Tulane? Is it not feasible? I, I think it's NFL or transfer for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't mind him. The Riley Leonard like makes the most sense, especially when you factor in Elko potentially going to AM. Like that on paper makes the most sense, but I'm kind of with you. I think it'll probably be someone from the wings. Okay. What if I so I know we were talking about Riley Leonard because Elko might take the the AM job. What if Willie Fritz took the AM job? Does that mean does that mean we push our focus to Pratt because Leonard's gonna stay? I guess my question here is I think Pratt transfers either way. Okay. If you could take one or the other right now, would you take Pratt or would you take Leonard? I'd take Pratt, personally. I'd take Pratt because he's a quarterback. I think I'd take Pratt. I, Riley I Leonard. haven't seen enough of Riley Leonard throwing the ball enough to impress me. Yeah, I think I, Riley Leonard's a better NFL prospect. Pratt is a quarterback. I think Pratt – I think we watched – I watched Pratt's – I watched Pratt's spin it against USC in the Cotton Bowl. And that was like fun to watch, man. Like I, he's the proven arm talent. I don't. I like that Leonard adds a serious dynamic with with the legs, but I think my answer is Pratt. I think the ceiling's higher as a college football team with Pratt. Like your yeah. offense is going to be a little more open. 
he also has some crazy leg talent. Like he yeah, can he can place. scoot as well. And you've also seen what happened to Tulane when he got hurt. Like they're a completely different team. I think he can transform an offense. So that would be my number one pick. I don't know how feasible it is. What about if we added rising to the mix? Is it yeah. I mean, I think that trumps it all. I like rising. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I see. I'd still take Pratt over rising, but uh, I don't know. Rising is our age, dude. That's right. <laughs> he's seen that's, everything. That's why I said Pratt. Uh, I just, yeah, I don't know, man. That's, I think it, I, that's interesting. I, I'd be really happy if it was Cam rising, but there's something that doesn't feel doesn't make me feel good about it. Donald, do you have any name? That you think could be a surprise? Arch Manning. Dude, you're tweaking. <laughs> you're tweaking. There, there's rumors that yours is coming back. Arch wants to get on the field, sling it, be the head, not head, the quarterback at Notre Dame. He okay. could also be the quarterback at Michigan. He could also be the quarterback at Tennessee. He could also be the quarterback <laughs> at Ole Miss. He could also be the quarterback at Bama. Yeah, but oh. Arch, there's a, there is a name that I wanted to talk to you guys. So Jalen Miller was playing really well. I don't know if you guys see much of this Ty Buckner kid. Like, <laughs> you're you're a sick individual. <laughs> you're such a sick individual. He's no, plays for Bama. He's on Bama's roster. He has to be a really good quarterback, right? What year's Malik Murphy? Real quick. I, mean, I, I really, I really want. I really want. Malik I Murphy. love it. I I'd I rather have Malik it. Murphy than Arch Manning. I think Malik Murphy's. <laughs> Uh, if if you or stays get one of the backups, sure, no problem. And yeah. if Sark liked them, I like them. Yeah. If Tommy liked them, I don't want them. If Sark liked them, I want them. <laughs> Anybody Fair. Tommy Reese recruited, don't touch. Okay, so the so I'm looking. I'm trying to figure out the backup quarterbacks who would be really good, and. Both Georgia quarterbacks are going to be ineligible to come to Notre Dame because they're third and second year quarterbacks. Uh, and then, what, like credits wise, just one transfer, you mean? Yeah, I don't think Notre. I think Notre Dame will have to be a for either you have to be leaving your freshman year or being or a grad transfer. Grad, okay. Yeah. So Brock Randy Griffin, Gunnar Stockton off the table. Uh, Murphy probably Murphy? not either. I, that's Spencer what I'm saying. Papers? I don't think. So he entered the portal. He he will be eligible. He will be eligible <laughs> to take. Uh, I, I saw well, we cut we we cut our MBA program. I don't think or our like one year MBA program. I don't think Spencer Peters is interested. Uh, yeah, I don't think Murphy's going to be eligible for us. He's a redshirt freshman now. Um, I think it would be. I saw a very funny meme about Spencer Peters entering the transfer portal. It was like that meme is like, "Who want me?" And he was hundred percent no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh oh, that's interesting. Uh, Blake Shapin. Yeah. Uh, TVD. No. Mm. No. Didn't is he playing this weekend? Yes, because the other guy got hurt. Uh, the other guy shattered his arm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Chandler Morris from TCU. I actually don't hate that. I don't know. If, is he eligible? Uh, I don't. I'm just like reading. I don't know if he'll be eligible for Notre Dame. He'll he'll probably enter the portal though. I feel like you can put up a point. Oh boy, is he? This is this is a good pod. We love this. Great pod, just spewing. He's a sophomore, not not going to be eligible for us. Uh, Jaden Delora, because I think it'll be Noah Fafita going forward. Okay, Damn, uh, I want Noah Fafita. Give us Fafita. Uh, it can't. It can't be Devin Brown, unfortunately. Like if Devin Brown was eligible, I would take Devin Brown. Yeah, I know that sounds crazy, but nobody from the Big Ten. <laughs> uh, I, I said this earlier. Dante Moore is going to hit the portal almost certainly. Yeah. <laughs> Too much of a circus. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, okay. Let's try this guy. What about the Greek rifle from Minnesota? No, Kaliamakis. Kaliamakis. No. no. Are you, are you, we're, we're pretty far down the list right now. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, I, at this point, just like roll the dice with Minchie. Or see the girl. <laughs> like, see the girl will be a freshman. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. We'll do one more hypothetical. Car, start, car starts as a freshman. Things get really ugly. 
Is that a bad like? I don't like, think he starts DJ Carr next year. Yeah, I think I think Freeman doesn't have the tenure or the stability to start CJ Carr next year. And CJ Carr, I know while he's good, he's he's not Trevor Lawrence. No, he's not. But I but I, I think there's there could be some value to like getting him. A, like, all right, what if what if by what if by CJ Carr's third or fourth year he's already played twenty four games? Yeah, you yeah, know, like our, our next head coach will probably love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. All right, so we don't have to keep talking about hypotheticals, but I think it'd probably be some com- I would love it if it was some combination of rising. Either way, it, it's great to see Freeman out and about even before the season being like, yeah, we're looking. Yeah, yeah. I agree. That's, that's I a good thing. That's exactly how it should be said. Seeing that we're already talking to a receiver, awesome. Play the game. Play the game. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Sh- should we should we talk Wake Forest? Big one this Saturday. Sure. Senior day. I, I don't know if there's a lot to say. They're not a good football team. They beat Pitt. But it, it, it's a team that's very similar to that pit where they can't really do much on offense. No one on defense really scares me. It's it, it's a game that we should walk on the field and win. I'd like to see us blow them out. And uh, honestly, what I'd like to see is Sam Hartman go out on senior day against his former school with um, you know some pride. Get, get like 300 yards, three touchdowns, let them air, air it out. But I just don't know if that's possible with our offense. Yeah, I'd love to see Hartman get back in the groove because he hasn't had that groove since Dublin. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know too much about this Wake Forest team, honestly. Uh, I think it's, I think it would be cool uh, for Hartman. I think this is one that's been circled. We kind of circled all year as a uh, – not a revenge game because he left on his own terms. But, like, uh, yeah, it would be important for Hartman to win it. Uh, do you, I think, like you said, I think the biggest thing here is – is to hopefully get this offense back on track a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Bottom line is like, not like not an option to lose either of these two games. You, yeah. ha- you have to win and do everything you can to win it convincingly. I, I agree. You you have to win. I'd love to see Xavier Watts just get a pick or a fumble recovery or something. Run up his stats. A He's pick. a finalist for Bednarik or like whatever top defensive player in college football is. Like that's get impressive. A pick. He's earned it. Yeah. Um, let him get a pick. Sure, he'll do something that's fun. Um, outside of that, just like just don't lose and don't like make stress me out. No, no one gets uh, season-ending injuries. Yeah, that you know is important. Stay healthy, win the game. Um, I would also say, uh, worth calling out here. Uh, what's it? Uh, Rocco Spiller season is over. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be Shroff starting the right guard spot. Um, let's see what we got there. Um, I don't know what they said about Christophic or Carell. I think Craig, Ashton Craig's starting. I think Craig's going to start too. I think Carell's still in concussion protocol. So yep. I think it'll be Craig. Time to build for the future a little bit and see what we got. Yeah, not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, I think on that topic, I think it's an absolute joke that we were a semifinalist for the Joe Moore Award. Yeah, yeah. but semifinalist is what? How many teams? Ten? I don't know. I hope it's. I hope it's. I hope it's fifty. Because yeah, I'm those guys. Trouble. Those guys. Oh, oh Audric Estime. So many meals. Yeah, like that's it. However, be- Alt being a finalist for the best lineman award was cool. That was well deserved. The team yep. award though, no shot, no shot. We were atrocious. I'm thinking of the other team of the other Notre Dame offensive lines that were finalists for the Joe Moore Award. I and I think eighteen. The one that, yeah. I think that eighteen line kicks this line's teeth in. Yeah. I mean even, even the eighteen, like the the seventeen, it's literally not close. Yeah. Eight, eighteen, you still have five guys that played in the NFL. And I don't we don't six, have. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Seventeen, yeah. you definitely add six, but I, I either way it's you know get the young guys some snaps, but on offense that's all that's all we do anyway. So <laughs> yeah. All right. You guys ready to make some picks? Yeah. Yes, sir. Let's rock. 
You want to start we, with our game? Uh, actually, we'll recap last week, right? Yeah. So, Ian, tough week for you. Um, two and two and four. Was I? Wait, who did I pick? What did I lose? Uh, you Penn State, Washington. Uh, uh, My I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I lied. You had you had you had Michigan. D, I'm yeah. sorry. I think I messed up. Uh, Ian, you were uh, Michigan. You won. You won on Utah. No, I'm sorry. You were three. One on Missouri. One on Georgia. You were four and two. D, I think you were. Give me that. I had a bad week. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I mixed it. I mixed things. So D, you were on Penn State, Washington, Missouri, Georgia, and then you probably the, won. Probably the worst worst lock you, anybody's had all year, right? Yeah, my you were on USC. Your lock was atrocious. My, my lock BYU lost by over forty points. My yeah. BYU lock got smoked. My lock lost as well. Kansas got down to their third quarterback, third stringer, tough one. Yeah. That was my only uh, that was my only redeeming factor about this week. I ended up going three and three, uh, but I had Auburn. Um, I think that this that I think that it's really difficult to pick locks at this point in the season because the market's just extremely efficient. So my plan, um, just to, to give you a little preview of today of today's picks, my plan is to go with teams that are on quit watch, start yeah. to figure out what teams are going to quit, and that's what I did last week. I I, I took I took Auburn. At Arkansas and Arkansas is watching the Polar Express at halftime. I that's I don't even know <laughs> how that I was going to be my, my fraud of the week was going to be Christmas and football. Scott Frost <laughs> obviously done at his alma mater, <laughs> tarnishes his legacy. Alex Grinch fired <laughs> at USC. At you, dude. you are poetic. We, got, we got Arkansas getting smoked while watching the Polar Express. Christmas is a fraud. <laughs> Christmas and football don't go together the way they used to. Um, all right, so picks this week. We'll start with uh, our football game. Uh, the last one we'll be able to watch this year until the bowl game. Given I'll be there. We're given for Stanford. Good for you. Oh, you'll be at Stanford. Yeah, but Ian, you and I won't be able to watch our Stanford game. Pack twelve. No, we get seven. I mean, that's probably for the best. <laughs> Hopefully have something better to do. But anyways, yeah. this week, Notre Dame minus 24 and a half. Uh, that hook could could make things interesting, but we're minus 24 and a half on NBC at 330. Again, senior day. Uh, who you guys got here? 35-10 Irish. Barely cover. I'm not taking the <laughs> uh, Yeah, I think the defense shows out as well. 42-10. Um, 42-10. Uh, I'm going to take us. Uh, I'm going to take us 31 to three. Close the, the O line. The O line struggles that we just discussed. Yeah, trouble. But I, I one time picked USF to cover against us and got clowns. <laughs> so I will never do that again. We just got to be careful about unit sizing. Yep, that's always been the message. Um, now for the better games of this week, there's actually four uh, ranked first ranked matchups uh, this week, which is which will be fun. Um, this is another game that nobody will be able, be able to watch, um, so have fun following it on Twitter. But Utah is at Arizona. Uh, this game's at two thirty Eastern on the Pac-12 Network. Arizona one point favorite at home. What you guys got here? Kind of been anti Utes all year. Arizona's fun. Nice little resurgence going on down there in, in the sun. Um, I think they stay hot. I'll, I'll take Arizona. I don't feel good about it, though. I'll probably be wrong. Um, I'm going to go with, at this point late in the year, I'm going to go the other way. The Utes are just, they're just a program built to succeed at this point in the season, more so than Arizona. I um, think maybe the, the Fafita magic runs out a little bit as he plays the def best defense he's played all year. Give me the Utes. They've treated me well this year. Um, I, I'm actually gonna. I originally this this may this may be bad, but I originally had Arizona, but I, I think I'm gonna rethink this and take Utah. Um, I just think this defense is is too good. I think Arizona is building something good. Like I think they're gonna, they're going to be good in the future. Um, I just this I think like you said, this Utah defense is, should be the toughest that Fafita's seen all year, and I, and I think that. Uh, Utah will be able to go in there and, and grab one on the road from them. Uh, Dude, Utah objectively, I think, has been the hardest team to bet on all year. 
And so I swear hard. they've been in our picks like eight times. Yeah, so hard. Also, even last week, man, like they they exploded in the second quarter, but they looked anemic otherwise on offense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, next game. Uh, this one should be I, – I like this one. I don't think it'll be very fun. But Georgia at Tennessee, uh, 3.30 game on CBS. Uh, actually going to be a steamy one in Knoxville, 71 degrees and sunny. Uh, Georgia 10 point road favorites. Who you guys got here? Is there a hook or is it 10? 10. I I saw a hook as of late. I saw, I'm looking at 10 on ESPN. We're picking a 10. Let's do that. Let's do 10. I agree. <laughs> let's take the dogs. Yeah. Well, all right. Dogs. Dogs. I, think we're, I think we're all barking. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let me just put the graphic. Um, next one here. I think this has potential to be a fun game. Ian, maybe you can. Enlighten me on the quarterback situation here, but Kansas State uh, is at Kansas. Kansas State seven and a half point favorites on the road. Uh, do we know if um, if who's going to play quarterback for Kansas? I think it's going to be the third stringer Ugh. freshman. I'm pretty sure for Bone and Barone Baron. Mm-hmm. Um, took him a little while to get going last week. Was it enough? And Kansas State is a good team. Um, I think they bring it. That's also a tough hook. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Kansas State. I'm going to go with Kansas. I have no intuition why. I'm just just taking them. Uh, I'm going Kansas as well. Uh, I actually just – and I had Kansas all along. I'm not flipping on this one. Staying put. Uh, I think the hook's going to be important. and it does look Leipold thinks it Leipold's optimistic that Bean's gonna play. And he may the be second trigger is gonna play. Yeah, Bean, which I think would be helpful. Sure. So I and he may be he may just be you know, he may just be fucking with Kansas State, like messing with them, but uh, I'll bet on the fact that he's not lying and say that we'll take Bean to win. Oh boy, Joe Wilkins dropping the ball again. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll take Kansas. Uh, Washington State at Oregon State. Uh, this one, this one could, this one should be good as well. Actually, I kind of complained about the slate earlier, but because we find seven thirty on ABC, uh, Oregon State two and a half point favorites at home. Who you guys got? Okay. Washington State's not ranked, are they? They're not. No, I'm sorry, it's Washington at Oregon State. Washington at Oregon State. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Washington is Oregon State still two and a half point favorites against number five Washington Huskies. Favorites. What do, what, DJ, DJ's been spinning that thing. You're taking Oregon Fuck State. It. You say that, but DJ. like he hasn't really been slinging that thing. Like, <laughs> no, I, I, what have we seen recently from Oregon State that thinks? I mean, I think they'll be motivated and all that, but I haven't seen anything from an actual on-field product standpoint that thinks that they can hang with Washington. Uh, I like their coach. I love their coach, too. I'm still going to go with Washington, and the only reason I'm saying that is because I still think we're on that collision course for them to be undefeated headed into the Pac-12 championship. I don't know if this game necessarily matters for that as far as getting there. I think – we're getting close to locking that up, anyways. But I just I think the way this is going, they're gonna they're gonna go undefeated into into Vegas and play a one loss Oregon, and that's the script. And Oregon's gonna catch. Yeah, for the Heisman. Yep. So I'm gonna take Washington in this game because I think it's part of the overall script. Um, locks anybody locks. Someone else go. I feel horrible I, about the slate. Go ahead, Seth. Um, it's going to end up being Louisville money line, but it, uh, they're they're a half point dog right now. But Louisville at Miami, uh, I mentioned that was that was mine as well. I got to find another I'm, one. I'm sorry about that. Uh, I'll give I'll a little it. explanation while you dig one out. But um, we talked about this is less about a Louisville play and more about a Miami play. We talked. I mentioned earlier that because the market is kind of evened out, it's tough to find bad lines now. Uh, I just think that Miami has quit, especially with the fact that the kid Williams from Miami, the other quarterback, got hurt last week. I think this team responds very poorly to Tyler Van Dyke playing quarterback for it. 
Um, I think it's almost like a longest yard situation where the offensive line just kind of wants to let everybody through and get him crushed. Um, so I think they're quitting on TVD. Also, a noon kick from Coral Gables, or is it Miami Gardens, wherever it is. Uh, I think that there might be four people there, even with the two-for-one giveaway with the tickets. So I will take the Louisville Cardinals. That I think I think it's a great pick for all the reasons you just said. Question for you guys as I'm scrolling through this slate. How do you think James Madison reacts to hearing that their waiver was denied? Still fired up. I think they knew those people. They knew it was going to be denied? Yeah. I, I think I'm, extra motivation. I'm with you. And I'm going to go with them to cover nine at home against App State. I think it's a pretty pick, Ian. It's a pretty pick. Thank you, sir. All right, my turn. I've been scrolling this for quite some time, almost this whole podcast, and I don't feel great about anything. It's that time <laughs> of year. Um, let's see. I I think so. I mean, Virginia Tech sucks too. Kind of. They kind of suck. Fuck. Yeah. It. Okay. Hokies are at home playing against Brendan Armstrong, who has proven to just be horrible. Um, you know their team. They know that they weren't really playing for much this year. They're on the rise. Uh, I'll take them. I have three. So I, I'll, I'll take them the win by a touchdown against NC State. The Hokies, like, have semi-life to them. Yeah, they, they have a little juice. That, that's why yeah. I'm going with them against NC State, who I think has disappointed a little bit. I think that's and, and, and I think it's a really good pick, too, because NC State's now, now crossed their win total, which is great. Yeah. Everybody can celebrate. They've now crossed their win total. I just think Virginia Tech, whether they have a conference title to play for or not, I think they always have something to play for at home, like always. Yeah. Um, I think that place would be jumping for a 330 kick, um, especially when the sun goes down in the fourth quarter, third and fourth quarter. Uh, idea. I like that pick a lot. I actually I, – I like this this week for us, not going to But Let's do it. Yeah. All right, fellas. Another good pod here. Hopefully, hopefully we get the offense back on track. We keep oh, yeah. rolling. I hope if, the team if, keeps the faith if, like us. If not, I promise you, I promise you it's going to be a bad day for Jer- for Jared Parker on Twitter on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. I, I, we, got, we, got, we, got some, we got some hitters out there on Twitter ready to go after. <laughs> Every other thread on the message boards is just about Parker. It's I can't read it. Carmine Laguzio is ready to, is ready to go at Parker. It's a bad enemy to have. It's it's a ask any corporation. It's an awful one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, boys. Good fellas. All right, fellas. Talk to you soon.